Instead of stacking sats, they're stacking lawsuits. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Stay stoned. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. I'm a supporter of human beings. Bowlafterbowl.com. 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 That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. That's right, that's right. Are you sick yet? Because we ain't sick, baby. We're back on another Token Tuesday with it, Bowl After Bowl. Indeed, indeed. It's going to be episode 112 of Bowl After Bowl on today. Just November 2nd, 2021. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And uh, we've got a lot of groovy stuff to talk about tonight. It's uh, it's, been a, it's been a thick week, man. It has. And it, it feels like we always say that, but like, I don't know. Some weeks they feel quick, and it's just like, wham, we're back here in the bowl. And it feels like just yesterday we are in the bowl. This week is like extra weird because I don't know. We just did a Bulls with Buds, and that feels like two weeks ago, doesn't it? It does. It feels like a long time ago. It feels like forever ago. It's so crazy. And yet, that was just last Thursday. That's right. Yeah. Thank you to Sir Bemrose for joining us here in the bowl. Yeah, that's right. Sir Bemrose, uh, Bulls with Buds. For those newer to the show, uh, and you haven't ran into the Bulls with Buds format yet, that's kind of our interview format, and we'll sneak them in. So we always do the Tuesday Night Bowl, and we kind of had a format that has built over time that kind of polished itself or worked itself out. It's still sort of got little tweaks here and there, but we wanted to sort of maintain that. But we also wanted to have guests on to talk to people. We thought, you know, it's not fair for them to have to work around our weird Tuesday format that we're uh, that we have going it's not fair also because you want to kind of dedicate it to the guest and so we decided we'd just do bulls with buds shows because we also didn't want to dedicate a totally separate show or a brand new RSS or anything like that right so whenever we get guests and we can make time we can you know get the guests uh, locked down and get our schedule cleared out we do what's called a Bulls with Buds, and we just throw them up there randomly when we can. It's usually a pretty uh, short uh, yeah, notice kind of quick announcement. 24 hours in advance, maybe. S- stuff like that, <laughs> you know, something like that. And uh, yeah, did a uh, Bulls with Buds with Sir Bimrose. So that ended up being episode 111 of Bull After Bull, which was a Bulls with Buds episode. That's kind of how we do that kind of stuff. Angel number. Angel number, yeah. It was a fantastic interview. Uh you just kind of sat back and enjoyed it. Uh, yes, I smiled the, and nodded. For the most part, you <laughs> smiled and nodded. That's my style, my that's true a, style. That's a great podcast move. If you ever see, yeah, I know. I need a video because of it. It's like Lorian's into it. You just <laughs> can't tell. You can't hear I can't her break, smiling. I can't break that J School programming of never interrupt someone who's talking. Yeah, you know, in an interview style. Like, don't say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Someone might have to transcribe that later. Ah, uh, yes, it's true. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, 
being a quiet podcaster. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I'll interject myself more or try to. So I did want to say uh, apologies up front to A1 Sauce, who did leave us a voicemail. Uh, he's Zoom on No Agenda Social. And uh, he left us a voicemail specifically for Bimrose, and I totally uh, forgot to play it. Uh, so I'll play it right now, and we'll listen to it. Hey, I've uh, never listened to uh, Bowl with Buzz before, but uh, I wanted to call in because I did a little research on Mr. Sir Bimrose. Uh, hat tip to you, sir. And um, so I wanted to first thank you for helping me to understand why I needed to update my Mac operating system from Sierra, which is pretty old and dated. And I'm certainly sure that from a security standpoint, it's probably got uh, some vulnerabilities, but it's my Mac workstation and uh, it's got custom software on it. And usually whenever we update things, it breaks things. So that's no fun. But um, the latest version I could update to was Catalina with this Mac that I have. 2013, quite old. Surprise, it still works. And uh, but listening to your podcast, I think it was podcast number three in terms of the security certificate, and that uh, Mac OS Sierra was going to expire. That could be one of the reasons why, if not maybe one of the primary reasons why they say you have to update your OS. <laughs> so I want to thank you, sir, for helping me to understand that. And uh, let me ask you, where is it that you had? Uh, acquired your basic mastery or your mastery of the tech arena. Uh, is this something that you picked up along the way on your own? Or is this something that, you know, you have like a computer science degree in or something? Um, just curious. Anyways, uh, looking forward to the show and uh, take care. And I will be a new subscriber to the Angry uh, Tech News, I believe. So anyway, take care, guys. Bye. Take care. A1 Sauce. So uh, I do want you to know that um, I knew going into the show that I had a voicemail from you that I was going to play. And uh, I just totally didn't open the voicemail window during the uh, during the interview because it's a different format. And so I'm just not used to uh, I don't have the discipline of pulling the voicemail up for some reason because I'm messing with clean feed instead. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what breaks my brain about it. But I want you to know. First of all, that we did go over uh, where it was he acquired, you know, his uh, tech skills uh, in the episode, and I also sent that voicemail to him directly in his email, so he also has a copy of it, and uh, heard your great thanks, and, and your message was passed along, so I want you to know that for sure. Um, even asked him right away, because I was just in panic mode, I was like, Sir Primrose, could you record a response that we could play on the show, you know? Record yeah. a response to the question. But then we both kind of realized, oh, he actually answered the question while he was on. Because I had the same question, you know. How'd you get into programming? Um, so, yeah, we talked about that. We talked about um, maybe his why he's hesitant to get noted up. Which, his answer to that was basically that he's just lazy. Which is a great answer because we can overcome that, I think, over time. Yes. Uh, especially because it's not tough. doesn't require a lot of effort or work. Um, a little bit of waiting around maybe is the hardest part of setting up the node, which Cotton Gin is learning right now as we speak. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. We always like to 
hit the brakes at the very beginning and thank our producers and people who support the show up front. We are a value for value podcast. It means we put it out there every week for your enjoyment. No ads, no paywalls. All that we ask in return is for you to assess the value that uh, the show brings to you. You know, if you're coming back week after week, it's giving you something. And we just ask that you give something back, uh, kind of match match the bowl, if you will. Uh, one great way is to pass the bowl. You got a friend uh, who you think would enjoy our antics here every Tuesday night? Uh, pass the bowl to them. Bowlafterbowl.com. Tell them to download it in their favorite podcatcher. Uh, better yet, try a new podcast app, newpodcastapps.com, and uh, check one out with the value tag in it. The value for value system in podcasting 2.0 is a way that you can stream Satoshi's little pieces of Bitcoin to the show. And you can also send us a fun little message using a boostagram. And uh, we do have a few boostagrams to read tonight. All right, boosts. Which is pretty, pretty great stuff. Boosts. Yes, boosts. Boostagram. Let's see what we got here. So actually, it's funny because this week, I was working on a better way to read Boostergrams. And we had talked before about the Boostergrams that I have found so far came from downloading Ride the Lightning invoices and then kind of looking through that CSV file and finding where the custom records lie and then uh, just basically copying the JSON. I go, well, within the JSON tag, there's a base64 encoded string. And so I would just copy that and paste it directly into base64decoder.org. And one by one, like a caveman, uh, be sifting through that. Oof. Uh, but luckily, C-Dubs has been helping me out, uh, playing with some scripts, playing with a Python script. And it's similar to the one I talked about a couple episodes ago with, uh, that Abel Kirby was working on. Um where it just parses through, you run it on those invoices, so you still have to download a CSV file from Ride the Lightning, but you run it on those invoices and it just prints to the terminal, and it just looks through all 100 of those invoices, rather than me having to scroll through and individually click on cells and stuff, so it's much, much faster. Nice. And I went all the way back in time and uh, was just looking through boosts, it was kind of crazy. Uh how long ago we were we've been getting boosts um specifically boost with the podcast tlvs in them i don't know when that was added uh honestly but our first boost with a tlv in it was back at the end of june um what's the, a tlv so a tlv is like a um little metadata i wish i knew what that stood for maybe the chat can tell me who what that stands for but uh it's it's just essentially some metadata that uh, you can add to any invoice that tells you that's where the boostagram lives. The long vagina, Mita says. That's <laughs> got to be it. Yeah, um, that sounds right. <laughs> like, it's funny, too, because as you go through time, more stuff becomes apparent. So, like, at the beginning, I've got, uh, you know, this first boost for 198 sats. That was back on episode 90. Jimmy Gemini's, if you remember that long ago. Oh. Um, uh, Time-locked values, although C-Dubs needs to check that. Someone, uh, Harvat says type length value. There's a bit of discussion, a bit of discussion in the, in the chat. 
But anyway, uh, this one tells me the episode, but doesn't tell me the app it came from. But I know it's not Podfriend, because uh, there's a few from Podfriend that don't have an episode name, but they say they're from Podfriend. Uh, and if, if it's just a regular boost from an app, it includes a TLV. Some of them also include timestamps. Some of them also include even a link. I think CurioCaster has the most information in their TLVs. Hmm. Threshold limit value net net found. Um, yes. Excuse me. I'm getting distracted by my own chat. I'm sorry. I love it. It's good. No, it's all good. Being uh, They're giving me useful information. Uh, Breeze seemed to be the first boost came in in uh, July 20th that had the episode and the app name. So that was for episode 93, Fairy in the Nude. But for about 20 episodes now, we've been receiving boosts. That's uh, so cool. Which is, it's really awesome. And what else is cool is like people could go in and listen to even older episodes uh, and stream value to them. Now, my next, uh, and I'll get into this a little bit later, but my next mission is going to be to go back and add value splits for our guests that are noted up, like Boobery, um, Abel Kirby we've had. He has a node. Um, I'm sure there are others, but off the top of my head. Um, Fletcher and Carolyn, you, you get noted up. We'll put his tag in there. Uh, I told the same thing to Bimrose when we had him on, you know? Yep. And that was one of the things that made his eyebrows raise up. I was like, you know, dude, once you get noted, we're going to go back into this episode. We're going to put a item level split for you so that you'll get, you know, whatever percentage of the stats that we determine is going to, you know, go to our guests. For the rest of forever. For forever. When people go back and they listen to this or, you know, you mentioned on your show, oh, yeah, I was on a Bulls with Buds. And then people go over there and they can stream stats to that, too. Now, another cool thing, and, uh, well, first things first. Let me see what the boostograms are, because uh, I read, I'm trying to figure out the last one I read, I think, the, were the couple from Cotton Gin. Remember, he sent us the wed, uh, yeah. podcast Wedding Ring of wedding Fire ring fund. Wedding Ring of Fire, that's right. And then he also said, uh, bowl after bowl, Dave Jones mp 3 which uh, it never really gets old for me to play. Bowl after bowl. Love playing it. And uh, I think he has a particular joy about uh, hearing it as well. So there you go. Uh, I do have a couple of boosts from Cotton Gin from CurioCaster. Woo! Uh, he was listening to episode 108. Um, and the first message says, I don't think. And then the second message says, are you reading these live? <laughs> and so at that point, we were definitely not reading them live. And at this point, we are not reading them live either. But... Uh, Metis was teasing me earlier in the chat that he's got a little way to uh, read the boostograms as they come in, which is awesome. Whoa. And we were kind of all uh, circle jerking in the bowl earlier around, uh, you know, in the future, we, we want to have an IRC bot that can read all the boostograms as they come in, or they can even allow you to send a boostogram. Like if you just type a code in your message, then it would generate a QR code that pops up and you can just scan it with any lightning wallet and pay it. Boom, boostagram. I mean, all this can be done. We just got to kind of collaborate, write, test, and, and launch it. But, I mean, the, the future is so mind-blowingly awesome with all of this stuff. We can build all these tools, and we don't have to rely on anybody else but our own communities to do them. So, um, you know, we, we were having fun just kind of uh, going over the possibilities and what we were thinking, what we wanted. I'm sure they were just jizzing all over themselves for that. Uh, let me see a few more boosts. Uh, Sir Oma 
from Podfriend, uh, 1420 sats. He just says, boost. And that came in on the 28th after we had been talking about, he was like, hey, did you get my boostagram? I was like, I, bet, I tried to send him a couple boostagrams. And turns out from Podfriend, and there's a way to do this in CurioCaster and a couple of the other apps as well, um, you can hone in on a certain node to send it to, right? So you can do a regular boost or a regular boostagram that goes to everybody, and then Podcast Index gets their cut, the app you're using gets its cut, everybody, um, whoever's in your node split gets their cut. Right now, our value tag has two nodes in it, the Voltage node that we've had from the beginning, and then the Raspberry, uh, the Raspy Blitz that we set up on a Raspberry Pi. Um, so he was picking, and I don't blame him, it made perfect sense, he was selecting Podcaster and boostagramming just Podcaster, which points to our Voltage node. Now the problem with that is I can spin up a Thunderhub dashboard for my Voltage node, but I cannot spin up a Ride the Lightning dashboard for my voltage node the option is grayed out and it says coming soon and it said coming soon for the nearly a year that i've had a voltage node and it's just not implemented yet mm. it might just be because i have a light node that it's not implemented i'm not 100 percent sure but at any rate the node that i have can't do ride the lightning therefore you can't do any of the ways that i know right now of to read boostergrams so uh, I'm sure there are other ways. There's always a way when it comes to this kind of stuff, but it's not one that's on my radar right now. So he was sending boostergrams over there, and of course I can't read them. So oh, this yeah. is a this is another reason though why once we get our value tag updated with your new node, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, it's important for both hosts. Uh, and again, when I evangelize, I say all the podcasters should get noted up with their own node. That's their own identity. But then if you have two nodes in your value tag, both hosts should read their nodes for boostograms. And this is the exact reason people can boost a single node. Mm. And so maybe one host gets boosted specifically that another host didn't get. Um, so that's something you got to think about. Uh, Anon from Breeze boosts 423 times and just says boost. All right. Anon from Breeze again boosts 3333. Woo! Big ass magic number. And says, streaming sets is super sexy in the bowl. In so, the bowl. In the bowl uh, to you as well. <gasps> super sexy streaming. And uh, that is our boostograms. Very cool. That's our boostograms for this time. Uh, somebody was like, who was the first? Who was the first? Uh, C. Mike was determined to be the first, and he said, I think I am the first when he sent it. And you remember that uh, I read his boostagram because he sent me a, a, screenshot, a screenshot of it. Yep. That was that was way before I even knew how to read these damn things. But I did go back in there and read it again, and he actually did get B in a boostagram message, oh. but it doesn't count because it was from myself. Uh. <laughs> I boosted 4,200 from Fountain. Let's see. Uh, there's C. Mike's. So my test was about three weeks before he sent his. And I just said, testing a boost message from Fountain. And I didn't even know until, you know, four nights ago, whenever I did, went through and did this, that it actually worked. So it, it did work. Fantastic. Good note. Uh, good news and good work, everybody. Good awesome. boosts. Good boosts. And uh, keep them boosts coming. Boosts. You're going you're gonna to love it. 
If you like that boost, wait to see what happens next. Yeah, what do I have next here? Oh, yes. Uh, producers for the show. Um, we're going to include Reverend Cybertrucker one more time because he's getting serious mileage out of this uh, out of this PayPal donation. But it was a big one. Um, big one for the bowl. 84 buckaroonies came in, and it came in during the show last Tuesday. And so I gave him, uh, I typed him in for credit, but then I announced it on the Bulls with Buds because he had put a note in through the text line and he said, uh, let me pull it up here just to make sure. He said, double XL donation, one for me, one for Sir Bimrose. So I'm going to change, we need to update that on the website too. The Sir Bimrose episode, 42 for Sir Bimrose and 42 for Reverend Cybertrucker. So he wanted, he wanted one of the donations to be first or bimrose All so right. we'll update that cyber trucker thank you sir thank you thank you reverend and uh by the way another bulls or another metal moment coming up from him yeah With, he's always bringing the metal moments uh and a dick pic and a dick pic for me he says yeah. his cat's a dick so he sent a picture it is of the cutest cat. dick pic not the cat's dick just the cat is just uh, the cat <laughs> drinking out of this fountain of youth here in the uh truck looking pretty awesome Living so thank the life. You, thank you, Reverend. Uh, yes. Uh, so that means our producers, and I'll just run through them and thank you again. Uh, Reverend Cyber Trucker, Cotton Gin, The Breeze Anon, uh, Saroma, and last but certainly not least, the man of the week, the, Ubery. The Mothman of the week. The Mothman, the <laughs> Black Knight of the Midnight Plight. Boobery, I mean... You can imagine my joy when I walk up on my porch and there's this box from uh, USPS. And I love getting boxes, you know, like a kid on Christmas when the boxes come. But this one is like all caps, scrawled in pen. Boobery is the return address right there. And it's addressed to the bowlers. And so I knew it could be nothing but great. Nothing but great. And indeed, it was a bunch of stuff from his trip uh, to the hip maze. Hit Mays, Minnesota. You remember the uh, Boobs on the Ground report, of course, yes. we had last week. Fantastic. A boobery box, Net Ned. Can you believe it? So let's see. In this box, uh, there is a soy and hemp seed oil candle, gardenia scent. Smells delicious. Which was the absolute pick. Um, a, I believe, hemp flag, which is like... An American flag. It's an American flag, but with black stripes with white stripes with pot leaves just pretty much everywhere you can fit a pot leaf. Uh, yes. Big pot leaf on the field. Little pot leaves all across the uh, black stripes on the flag. I mean, if you're going to desecrate the American flag, this is the absolute way to do it. I totally approve. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so we're flying that high in the bowl. Woo! Uh, also, some stickers, Hip Minnesota, Hip Maze Minnesota, I should say. Uh, educate and inform. That's a great slogan. I love it. And the uh, guy did mention that. This is the packing, by the way. You want to make sure nothing happened to this great stuff on its way here. Um, and nothing did happen nothing to it. Did. It got here safe and sound. Ah, oh, there it is. It's tucked in the corner here. The Delta 8 Gummies. 250 milligrams of Delta 8 gummies, serving size one gummy, serving per container 10. Let me tell you, these gummies are no bullshit, man. Yeah. <laughs> these gummies, I was like, what's Delta 8? I don't really know. We talked a little bit about Delta 10 
uh, last week because we got a few pre-rolls uh, from the guy who had a Moonbuzz booth. Um, yeah, at that these, fall festival. Uh, the Delta 10, you know, the smoked Delta 10. By the way, the the Indicas were just kind of like laid back, a little bit stronger than your CBD pre-rolls, obviously, but, but not crazy, not taking over. No, like I had described last episode, the Indica... Delta 10 was like very light euphoria and like a body buzz. I don't really know how else to describe it. Mm-hmm. It was really not noticeable much. I wouldn't say I was stoned. Right. I was like, all right, I can feel it. But the sativa that we had. Holy moly. That was close to joint territory. Yeah. We, right. I yes. Mean, we smoked that behind the curtain last week and my clips got all messed up. <laughs> I mean, I was... was Definitely it was, stoned. I mean, it's not Jeez. like uh, I know. I'm you having a, I'm having a day of it, man. I'm issues? so sorry. Oh my goodness, I should have hit the cough mic. Uh, yes, I do need a tissue for my issues. But in the meantime, these Delta Eight gummies, pretty much no different from the real deal. I want to say, as far as just making some gummies up uh, versus eating one of these, we each ate one. Just thinking, because now usually when we dose out edibles, we split whatever the one serving is. We just split it right in half. Lauren will eat a half. I'll eat a half. And uh, it's usually enough, right? Well, we each ate one. I don't know. What What? what do we end up doing? We were racing to Costco, right? Because uh, oh, my yeah. dad has a Costco membership and he added me on to it, right? So I'm... I've for weeks now I'm supposed to be picking up my ID and getting my Costco membership or whatever. Not exactly in a big rush to do it or whatever, but we were going to finally do it. And then they were like closing soon. And it was just like the one thing we had planned to do that day. And it was about to be blown off. And I was like, nah, fuck that. We can make it. Like, let's just go right now. Let's move our asses. So we haul our ass to Costco, the one in the city. And they wouldn't let me in without no mask. And I'm not putting on no mask. I already said I wasn't putting on no mask. You know, on this type two, I played along the first time, and I feel like an idiot for playing along the first time. So I said, I'm not doing it. I can't wear a mask. Uh, And she said, well, if you can't wear a mask, you can't come in here. Which is, uh, I just didn't want to fight further, but it is bullshit. And I, in hindsight, what I should have said was, I should have, uh, I should have inquired, is that a Costco policy? Or are you, are you going to pussy out and cite the city policy or cite the county policy? Because both of those policies allow for, you know, medical, medical exemptions. exemptions, which you're not allowed to pry what the fucking exemption is. You just simply say you have one. Um, at the zoo, and I don't say I have one, I just say yes when they ask me if I do. Yeah, we'll get to the zoo later. We were rushing the Costco thing, and then you didn't go in to get your membership because they said you got to wear a face diaper. You said, fuck you. And you walked out. And so your dad was like, I'm going to go get my shit in the Costco since I drove all this way. It made sense. I mean, he's. And I needed. We drove 45 minutes to get to there. Yeah. Because we went to the one in the city from your pop's house. So we were driven south and then going back up to his house up north after that. But along the way, I had two pieces I needed for the kids' Halloween costumes, which I said, well, this is a good time to go pick them up. Uh, let's hit a Dollar Tree. I just needed some black rim glasses for my two-year-old to be Velma. 
and some knee-high orange socks for her. <laughs> and uh, you went into the Dollar Tree alone. But I'd say that was when we started feeling it. The yes. gummy started hitting. That it was, started kicking in right around then. Yeah, 40 minutes later. Um, and then we went to Walmart because they didn't have knee-high socks at the Dollar Tree. They just had the glasses, which was fine. Um, and, and spoiler alert, Walmart didn't have the knee-high socks either. So fuck you, Walmart. But oh my gosh, like twice you looked at me and you were like, I think we should split this next time. <laughs> I think we should split this next time because you always you always get hit harder by edibles than me. So we've always yeah. split them. But I thought it was great. I mean, it was. I, oh, it, it was fantastic. It was, Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. not saying it wasn't at all. But uh... no, I just mean dosage wise. Like if I'm eating an edible, that's exactly what I want. That was as stoned as I want to be. It didn't go overboard for me. It wasn't like things were turning purple and I was bowling with the devil, which is like a previous edibles experience I've had, <laughs> yeah. which was way too much. Uh, but yeah, it was good. It was damn It was good. intense. And that's the Delta 8. That is the Delta 8. So uh, thank you, Booberry. Yeah, thank you, Booberry. And thank you, all of the bowlers who helped produce the show. Thank you for the value for value. If you uh, would like to help out, you can go to blowoutforbowl.com and do the donate button. Yeah. Uh, and you can also stream. Uh, you can stream some sats from all kinds of uh, wonderful apps, including Podfriend, Podverse. We're getting sats from now. Ooh, um, Breeze, Breeze Fountain, uh, Castomatic. We are getting boosts from. There are a lot of different places, uh, and more more apps are adding it all the time. So it's hard to keep up, even sometimes. It is, but I'm trying to keep up. I uh, got an alias on my Umbral node because oh, yeah, the blockchain right. finally finished syncing. Well, I actually have after a after three days. I have a thing I made for these for these talks, uh, these rambles on that uh, only a chunk of our audience will understand. <laughs> well the funniest part is if you're not uh if you if you were just falling asleep for our, our donation segment you're back awake now Wake up. <laughs> why don't you put some boosts on the stream yeah yeah okay okay uh you had mentioned the on-chain off-chain cocaine shit stain before i know there's a meme out there for it <laughs> but this week maybe even last night i don't recall but you were talking me through some things you were doing and you were like yes and that's why i say on chain off chain cooking just stated i was like it all makes sense well the origin of that uh, by the way uh that was me that uh, that was the best i could do <laughs> with what i wanted to we make we scared the shit out of sir Omar. i'm, I'm sorry, sorry that sir. uh that like today's the first that's the first time i've played it uh through the board so i <laughs> <laughs> I didn't test it beforehand. Probably should have tested the levels on it. Uh, but the origin of that is I just... So it's been sporadic. It hasn't been a regular segment to talk about lightning stuff. But, you know, when we're working on a lot of it, then we talk about it. And I just had a non-sequitur, like, stream of consciousness, too. And I was just kind of like... I think once more and more of my audience get noted up, then all of my on-chain, off-chain, cocaine, shit-stain, mumbo-jumbo rambling will start to make more sense. 
which of course I got a lot of responses of, Oh, this makes no sense. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> like part of the point of it, right? Like it was written to be a bit of nonsense just because that's what it sounds like when we start talking about on-chain versus off-chain transactions and what's a channel and I'm opening a channel and I'm in a ring of fire and all of this shit. I got liquidity. I need to balance my channels. You know, none of this makes a bit of sense unless you're noted up and you've actually experienced some of it. But I've got great news that once you do get in the car and you drive a couple places, it's actually not as scary or as complicated as all that seems. It's just like... If you don't have any context for having done any of this in the past, then it just kind of sounds like that. And it kind of jolts you out of your seat. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? What are they playing? Oh, man. That's right. I'm lucky enough to be riding in the passenger seat of your car. Well. And you were uh, balancing channels when it hit me. The yes. The chain off-chain cocaine shit stain. Yeah. I was kind of explaining uh, what happens when you, like, close a channel and then open a new one, basically. Or, you know different strategies but your umbral node synced yes i put the key in the car and uh clicked it on yeah that's where we're at my my the blockchain synced i gave the umbral an alias and i set a color for it and we put we put gas in the car right we put gas in the car because we sent i don't know a few, a few hundred thousand sats to the on-chain address oh that's right so your umbral has on-chain, but no off-chain, and no cocaine, and no shit stain. No, not yet. And basically, you don't have any channels yet. But what we're working on is Podcaster Ring of Fire number two. And uh, Podcaster Ring of Fire number two is... Uh, it's settled now, the members of it. Uh, it's going to be me and you with Brian of London, C-Dubs, Harv Hat, and Cotton Gin. Cotton Gin is currently syncing up his node right now. All right. Also syncing an umbral, although he revealed earlier that he's singing the umbral, uh, and then he's going to switch it over um, first thing to a raspy blitz. But he just wanted to watch it sync in that sexy UI that oh. the uh, umbral has. Yeah. I, I think that's that. great. I think it's great because it's a little bit... Uh, now, granted, we don't have a hell of a lot yet of umbral experience. All we've done is we've synced it up. We've installed a few applications... Uh, although we haven't used any of those except for Ride the Lightning and Thunderhub. Um, we've changed our alias, and we've changed the little color that we can display with our alias. So we've set those two things, which in Umbral... Now, I I tried to f go back and find, and I just didn't really have the time to find it properly. But I remember it being a little bit easier with Raspy Blitz to set that alias. And then I was like, it seems easier on Raspy to set the alias and then i couldn't find where the instructions were for that so i don't know hmm. but i do want to kind of after a, a month maybe of using the umbral to come up with like a pros and cons of each side or anything like that um obviously what we've been saying all along is the umbral's got a sexier front end user interface for is, sure it's it's intuitive and it's pretty there's an app store which depends on how technically inclined uh you are whether that's a pro or a con some people are like Oh, it's one click install for everything. Other people are like, "Oh, that's a bit of a walled garden." Um, you know, you can I guess have a debate over that. You can have a debate. I personally like the Raspy, and I'll be sticking with that for my node. Um, but I know that Umbral uh, is a little bit easier onboarding, especially for the uh, P 
people who consider themselves tech illiterate. I also think that people, including myself, uh, think they're less uh, tech illiterate than they actually are. So I don't know. A lot of the stuff is just that we don't have a context for it. We don't have experience with it. And until you have something, these terms, like, it's just like a whole new language. And you just start to, like, your eyes kind of glaze over and you're like, I don't know what any of that means. I don't know what any of that means. On chain, off chain, cocaine, shit stain. Cold Acid yells at kids to get off his lawn. Cold Acid, uh, I remember Cold Acid once saying um, that he... (laughs) He doesn't want any UIs that he thinks everything should be done in, in command line and, you know, from Amazon orders all the way down to whatever you're doing, all, all command line. What do we need? A, what do we need a graphic user interface for? This is stupid. And, uh, yeah, that be, uh, that's the beauty of tech. You know, you can, you can get at it from a lot of different angles. Um, another thing about Umbral is about 50% of the nodes running on the Lightning Network are running on Umbral. So, uh, from a security standpoint, they would kind of be the hot target since they're the biggest, you know, in use. It'd be kind of, uh, it'd be kind of like, uh, Windows, you know, most people use Windows and so you'd want to develop a a vulnerability for Windows. Um, not that that's like a huge factor in what node to choose, but it is one of the factors to weigh. So it's something to think about, but, um, I'm happy with the Raspi. I also plan on indefinitely running an Umbral as well, side by side. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Maybe it's, I'll... Uh, it's also not impossible to switch. migrate from one to the other. You know, if you're on a Raspi, you can move it into an Umbral and vice versa. So Rev Rev Cybertruck is trying to uh, clear his good name. He doesn't send real dick pics. <laughs> No, much, just pussy pics. That much dick is scary. Rimshot. See, now that's what he called his cat a dick, but it is a it's like a pussy pick dick pick all in one. That's kind of meta actually. Aww. If you think about it. If you think about it. Oh man, you should have boosted. Oh, what else do I have? Well, oh, uh I did want to say with the Ring of Fire, um I'll be emailing all the participants this week with more details about it, but um I hear cold acid will be sinking his note up <gasps> very soon Yay. after uh, the rare encounter goes down. So we want to keep making rings of fire. I plan on just keep on doing it, keep on doing it. Uh, I'm shutting down my voltage node um, pretty much when it when that year subscription expires because now that we have two here at home, I don't really need a third node. And I'm going to pull all of the coin off of that and use it to just keep opening rings of fire. Um I'm also buying coin all the time when it dips. I'm buying dips. I saw it was up to like 63k today. So even the non-dip I bought the other day is now a dip compared to today. I don't know. It's crazy. The movement is crazy on this shit. But the point is, a lot of the podcasters are getting noted up for the first time, and the best way to have your first channels is are these rings of fire because you get two for the price of one. You can open these big channels, and you're connected to everybody who's doing the same shit as you. They're streaming sats to podcasts. So as far as connectivity and uh, efficiency for your channels, it's the way to go. So I'm just going to keep organizing these things. And um, even though podcast Ring of Fire number two has settled with the participants, podcast Ring of Fire number three is kind of pending. We're going to do another one. Uh, And I 
I haven't, this is the first time I'm, I'm even thinking about it because I just uh, s- sewed number two up. But um, ideally, you and me would get cold acid into it if he's willing, if he's able um, to play. And um, also, Abel Kirby would make sense to be in it since he and cold acid, you know, going to be in the same uh, value tag. And then uh, Booberry was on the waiting list for number two and he was just kind of like hey if if there's enough people then just bump me to the next one so that's five all the way so i just need oh, one i need to get one. lavish lavish could gotta be lavash put making a node. A note. If, if, if lavash is making a node uh by that time maybe we can put him in it's up to you boobs but you have a sixth spot but i only have one spot basically in my ideal ring of fire number three now of course i haven't talked to I haven't talked to Cold Ass or Abel Kirby about their participation in said Ring of Fire, so all of that is up in the oh. air. But uh, <laughs> but it seems cool, right? Seems yeah. very legal. Very legal. Seems like a good idea. So I'll I'll be sending emails out probably tomorrow about all that good stuff and putting together number three. But if you're interested in joining a Ring of Fire, please email me, Spencer at BullAfterBull.com. We'll figure something out. Uh, also, another way to support the show. That's open right. A, open a channel to us. Then we can uh, have some inbound liquidity. And uh, it doesn't even require a donation. It requires a small, if you play your cards right and do it at the right time, a small on-chain fee to open the channel. Uh, And then you can allow others to stream sats to us via your channel. So that's another way to help the show out. And I thought of another, another way to give value to Bowl After Bowl. Oh? And that is to leave us a voicemail. Or send a text message if you're voice shy. It's really simple. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic. And this week, the topic is the first time I ever smashed in a graveyard. All you gotta do is give us a call. Call 816-607-3663 And the play of That's right, and the voicemails are already rolling in. And we will play them. We'll play them. Play them. Wow, well, uh, almost at the 45-minute mark, we might be able to get into uh, our regular shuck and jive here. Yes, we can. We can. So, top three 33 stories. This one took the cake for me. A 33-year-old man in New York City was arrested after lying to the cops when his car was stolen, saying that there was a seven-year-old boy with Down syndrome in the back seat so that it would be found quicker. Oh, jeez. There was no boy. Spoiler alert. Just a car sitting, running in a driveway at an abandoned house. And then a 17-year-old came along, hopped in, and drove off with it. Oh. So he told the cops... You got to find my car. There's a little downsy boy in it. Oh, no. And four hours later, they found the car half a mile away from the abandoned house, but there's no boy inside. Well, the method was pretty effective, though, wasn't it? It was very effective. (laughs) They even got the car thief, the 17-year-old, into custody and started questioning him, saying, what did you do with this boy? Where's the boy? Where's the boy? I know you're half retarded. And the kid's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And eventually they realized... 
He really had no idea what they were talking about, so he was released with no charges to his parents, and the 33-year-old car owner was taken in, and they're like, hey, uh, what's going on here? And he confessed that he lied so that his car would be found sooner. And now he has to appear in court November 21st. Aw, man. So, well, he did get his car back very quickly. Uh, You know, now he's got some long-term issues to deal with. That's too bad. I don't think it was worth that trade-off. No, not worth it in the end. No. Not worth it in the end. Also, with Halloween weekend, I was expecting a bit more of these stories, but only saw one come out of Las Vegas. 33 arrested in Las Vegas Valley sex offender operation ahead of Halloween weekend. Um, Of course, they went down their sex offender registry and decided to do, you know, door checks. Hey, are you registered? Are you complying with the law and whatever? And 33 folks out of over a thousand um, were not obeying the laws of being a registered sex offender. And they said some of them had warrants for their arrest and a few were fugitives from other states. But yeah, 33 in total. Wow. 33. And I guess... Did they call it something cute like... Operation Trap a Trick or something. They didn't. They didn't share that information uh, with the public. That's classified. <laughs> yeah. And finally, my uh, third top three thirty-three story tonight is that Dutch prosecutors are investigating thirty-three deaths in a suicide powder case. Whoa! So these thirty-three deaths were all people who bought what they're calling substance X from a member of a right-to-die group in the Netherlands that calls itself Cooperative Last Will. They've only confirmed that 15 of those deaths were due to this suicide powder, Substance X. Um, and they have three members of this group uh, in custody, I guess. One is a 78-year-old psychologist who said... Well, that number is going to rise because I've sold the suicide powder to over 100 people. Oh, my God. Um, Apparently, it's a very cheap, painless way to die. Uh, And I thought this was interesting. Substance X. There it is, yeah. But the Netherlands was the first country in the world to legalize euthanasia and physician-assisted suicide all the way back in 2002. Um, Of course, you know... Probably. It has to have medical oversight. Yeah, you've got to jump through like 80 hoops to kill yourself. You legally. have to be in unbearable physical or mental suffering with no prospect of improvement, basically knocking on death's door already. Um, and you have to have asked multiple times repeatedly to die while you're of a sound mind before the physicians will approve the assisted suicide. It's um, kind of funny. They they call them death with dignity laws, but really you have to <laughs> strip all dignity out of the equation in order to actually legally perform the suicide. You man, have don't to you? beg and plead and oh be hurt and, and real like, bad. Yeah. You have to wait until you're so sick that you're just... Now, uh, um, I, I don't know, man. If you are caught assisting a suicide and you're not a medical professional that's approved to do this and whatever in the Netherlands... You can face up to three years in jail. Um, So these members are looking at that, maybe, the three that have been arrested. But the 28-year-old member, who was uh, what this article was all about, I'll have it in the show notes, he's accused of illegally dispensing medication, money laundering, and aiding assisted suicide. So it's going to be more than three years if uh, found guilty. And, uh, you know... 
with Halloween this past weekend, they had to get the scares back in when it comes to the coof. So the magic number was popping up everywhere with coof stories. Oh, boy. We had 33 deaths in three, no, four different states. Idaho, Oklahoma, Kentucky, and New Jersey. And then there were 33 new cases listed in Ontario, New Brunswick, Page County, Iowa, Tippecanoe County, Indiana, Wichita County, Texas, Hawaii, and uh, Cataragus County, New York. Probably butchering that name. Um, but then there were also a bunch of weird 33 stories. Like um, a school in Fort Myers reported 33 patients. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a, a health system in Florida. Had 33 COVID patients as of Friday morning. Um, Florida, which also has like... They were in the green for the coof. If you saw that map that came out recently. Yep. I think that was that the New York Times. I'm I not, don't know. I'm not but sure, but they were looking good. Stuff just changes Freedom every day. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, there were 33 positive tests in a Los Angeles high school. Then in India, they also had 33 students test positive at a school. Um, in Maine. A 33-year-old mom died of the coof, they say, but then in the article says she was on a ventilator for two and a half weeks until her kidneys stopped working and her liver failed. Um, of course, they mentioned she wasn't vaccinated, but all I had to see was ventilator. You know, yeah, I stopped wondering why she died there. That'll kill you. I guess she's only one of six Mainers in their 30s that have died of the Rona. Um, and something I didn't like about her obituary here is that it really focused a lot on her struggles with alcoholism. It's just like, well, you know, she had a substance use disorder. Well. Her brother died in a car accident and then she was an alcoholic. And, you know, when she wasn't drinking, she was awesome. <laughs> I was like, dang, that's a terrible thing to say about your loved ones who have passed. You know, just pouring that tea out on them yeah, <laughs> to the bit, public. Uh... Like, I would keep that to myself, <laughs> you know, because they're gone. It's like, let's just remember the good things. Let's just share the great things with the public. But here we are, the state of things. Uh, the show me state here, Missouri, the Department of Health and Senior Services removed the COVID-19 hotspot advisories from 33 different counties this week. So those counties are counties where the 14-day case rates are below the statewide case rate average so fucking stupid it, yeah it's so silly um and then there's 17 counties here that are under a hotspot advisory but jackson county kansas city's county is one of the ones that uh was removed from the hotspot list so will the mask mandate be renewed come monday when it expires probably no. You think so? I, I'm guessing so. It's I think they like it. It's fucking stupid to have it based upon that. Have it based upon, oh, the county is hotter average than the state as a, as a whole. For 14 like, days. <laughs> okay, well, what if we get down to the state has two cases in the last 14 weeks and a county has four? Right. Oh, this county has twice the amount of cases as the state. They're a hot spot. I mean, this shit is designed to keep going and keep going and keep going. This is going to keep going. This is going to keep going. Sick of it already, for fuck's sake. That's what, They want you to be sick of it, you know? But then they want you to just bend the knee. And that's never going to happen. That's the unclean wood that's making my life miserable. 
It is making life miserable. Can't even get a Costco photo taken for your membership ID. Oh, man. There's some dirty fucking wood in my city. I can tell you that, bro. Now, Navajo Nation, uh, it says they had no COVID-related deaths for the 21st time in 33 days. (laughs) That is a hell of a headline, people. I mean, it's all kinds of number magic there. I don't under, I really don't understand. Um, but I did learn that uh, the Navajos have the country's largest reservation, which covers parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, at about twenty-seven thousand square miles. But twenty-first time in thirty-three days. So it's like, are you counting? Is thirty-three days the threshold? You know, you're looking at every 33 days what's going on, and then they had no deaths for 21 days in a row or 21 days out of 33 days. They don't elaborate. They don't explain that. They just wanted to vomit some numbers into a headline. Yes. Very confusing. And, of course, the magic number had to be one of them. Yeah. Um, Then this was a story um, I originally saw on notthebee.com. Disney locked 33,000 people Inside their Shanghai park to do mass COVID testing. Oh my God, they got Shanghai'd for real. <laughs> for real. All because of a single case that was identified in a guest who had come to the park the day before. So I didn't see any pictures, but I read that there were pictures of people, healthcare workers wearing hazmat suits, swabbing thousands of people standing in single file lines. And uh, it's just, it's pretty creepy, you know, and I wonder if showing photos like this and, you know, there was a quote in the article, um, no one complained and everyone behaved really well, said one of the park goers. Uh, Her name was in it too. It just feels like desensitization to me and maybe, and I hate saying this, but maybe preparation for what's to come. But boy, do they have a fight on their hands if they try to do that here in the States. I am not hurting. I'll tell you what. I'm not being herded anywhere. No, thank you. Oh, I'm not doing a test. No. No, no tests. You. No tests here. Now, I've seen videos of sw- oral swabs, too. You know, like, it looks like they're jamming it down their throat like a strep test. Um, but the nose swab is a definite fucking no for me. And any COVID test at this point is a definite fucking no for me. Wearing masks is a definite fucking no for me, too. Yes, I just am a non-participant <laughs> at this point. Yes. Thank you. I'll be over here. Well, anyway, but my last story. I saw a photo uh, on the No Agenda socials from New Zealand that allegedly shows MIQ staff, and that is managed isolation and quarantine facilities. Uh, a staff member in full PPE with a soldier... Chasing a 33-year-old COVID-positive escapee. So they're taking people and putting them in facilities to isolate and quarantine forcefully. And uh, if someone dares escape, then they're going to come after you. Healthcare workers and, you know, soldiers. Isn't that sick? Ah, no me gusta. Is that a concentration camp? I guess. It feels like it. Being held against your will somewhere? Yeah. Feels like it. Unlawfully detained. I mean, this is New Zealand, but again, in America, we don't put up with that shit. Nope. No, because we have the weaponry Okay, and necessary to resist, I suppose. I suppose. Oh, but let's go behind the curtain oh, where there's no need you. for weaponry or <laughs> resisting. <laughs> thank you so much. 
I told you though, Halloween I've been weekend. I've on this curtain for a while. Halloween weekend, they ramp up all the scare stories oh, and yeah, the scary yeah, pictures definitely. and you know, we had attorney generals in seven di- seven 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 different states issuing seven. warnings about edibles winding up in kids Halloween candy. Right. And I got to tell you, I'm sorely disappointed that there were no edibles in our kids' Halloween candy. Yeah, there was nothing to scoop there for sure. I didn't find nothing. By the way, uh, these gummies that Boob sent me, they're they're locked away. They don't look like candy. No, they don't. They look like medicine. The container it's in, it looks like a medicinal container. Looks like medicine or makeup or something. Like salve. Looks like you're going to twist off that cap and put some salve on your hands. But I will say, also about these gummies, delicious. Delicious. They were tasty, for sure. Yeah, just tastes like candy, for sure, which I hate saying after the Halloween talk, but, you know, not going to end up in our kids' candy. I like candy, though. Uh, Do you remember that the U.S. bank on State Line Road here between Missouri and Kansas was robbed by someone wearing a face mask and a weave? It happened again. Oh, I knew it was coming again. Well, because, you know, you get away with it once and someone else is going to try, right? I'm going to come. I don't know if it was the same lady or not. I was thinking it was based on the pictures. This is going to keep going. Because, you know, different day, different weave. Uh, But it was a black woman with black hair uh, passed the teller a note allegedly brandished a firearm though i will say the photo didn't show one um which was her talking to the teller and left with an undisclosed amount of money tell your father okay i have money nice nice yeah i know it just makes me a little jitty (laughs) all cash baby they didn't say if the fbi is involved in this one or not probably how the hell are you gonna find these people you got sunglasses and a face mask on we can't see any part of you yeah and nobody like hits the deck or hits the panic button when somebody walks in with a mask on exactly until it's too late it's like the perfect it's the perfect time to set up that thing oh my god i only know she was black and hey it could be a man who knows just because of the color of their hands so maybe gloves next time and it is winter gloves are coming Winter's coming, gloves are coming. I don't offer legal or criminal advice on this podcast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That was me looking at it. If I was standing in the bank when that happened, I would have been like, oh, well, I know that their skin color was black. Um, I meant to play this clip last time. Uh, do you mind if I play it now? Let's this is from No Agenda, episode 1393. And this was Adam talking about <laughs> the study that CBD, cannabidiol, is um, an anti-inflammatory that's pretty effective against the coof. So here we go. Here we go. Uh, let me see. New study is out, and it's published on the National Institutes of Health website. Cannabinoid, cannabi, cannabinoid, cannabinoid <clears throat> inhibits SARS-CoV-2 replication and promotes the host innate immune response. Hello. Is this not exactly what I talked about? Why I don't have it? It's exactly what the bull yeah. has talked about. Did we know this? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, but have we ever seen an official word about it? No, I no. don't think so. Yeah. No, same with the tobacco. Cannabino- can- can- how did- <laughs> it's- Cannabinoid. Well, it ends with an L. Cannabinoids. Yes. <laughs> Cannabidoyol. It's hard to do. It doesn't say cannabinoid. 
Uh, anyway, cannabidiol. this thing from the cannabis plant has potential to prevent and inhibit SARS-CoV-2 infection. In fact, it apparently does a very good job. So just want everyone to know that it's in the show notes. Go have a look. And that doesn't mean you have to smoke weed. It's, it, could, it could be CBD. It's that simple. It is CBD. yelling, stay stoned. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. That for me is just the, the morning wake-up call. That's where you got this. Stay stoned. Oh, yes. JCD gave me a great ISO for bowl after bowl. Thank you, JCD. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that's all I got. That's all I got. That was uh, the No Agenda clip. Yes, I meant I to bring it last time. And we were listening to the show live, and I was like, Cannabidiol. I remember cannabidiol. you were jumping up and down because you brought the story a couple times to the bowl. Yeah. I've heard other people say cannabidiol, I think. But I, the way I've gone is cannabidiol. Cannabidiol is what Which I've, is CBD. Right. Yeah, that's what I've heard the most used as well. Cannabidiol is a certain cannabinoid. <laughs> yeah, but, it's one of the ones that uh, now has been legally classified as hemp, and then it was like 50 state legal, and then it was like 47 state legal. And uh, Yeah, it's mostly state legal. It's... it's I guess legal enough. It won't pop the uh, field testing kits because the THC supposedly is low enough in most of those products, less than 0.3%. So, And that's all they test for is THC. That's right. If there's a field testing kit that the cops have and then they test it, won't come back positive, but whether it's legal or not is a big quagmire of questionable unknowns that uh, we've discussed many times on this show and kind of come to the conclusion that uh, being alive and being a citizen and a free person in this country is not legal, so... That's all right. You know. Well, there was a new study that came out this week, speaking of testing. Um, this comes out of the RAND Corporation, uh, military-funded, and it found that Army recruits granted a waiver for marijuana perform no worse than other soldiers, their wording, uh, wow. and are less likely to separate as the result of health or performance concerns. Well, that's nice. So these waivers come, um, I guess when you're a recruit, you get tested, you fill out a waiver, you say, hey, I'm going to pop for THC, but give me 90 days and I'll give you a negative test. And that's what they do. Um, and in this study, they looked at every recruit entering the Army from 2001 to 2012 and followed them through 2018. So hopefully this will uh, hush down any propaganda that state legal weed will hurt the quality of our men, military men and women. You know, normal people smoke weed. Yeah, it's kind of a and thing. It, it doesn't tend to impact your performance. So, yep. Uh, as they uh, say at the end of the study, there was no statistically significant relationship between documented history of use and performance. Oh, there we go. Uh, there was another study this week that found government-grown weed used in research is genetically closer to hemp than the weed sold in dispensaries. Sure. Okay. That's not that surprising. You know, these people are researchers, not uh, weed consumers. So it's not like real growers. weed, basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, you know, it doesn't like, reflect what we're buying in the legal market. It's more hempish than weedish. Yes. Um, this study analyzed 
um, wild hemp, cultivated hemp, and then the research grade cannabis. So, you know, they're they're trying to get this research to reflect what's available to the average consumer. Um, the DEA has taken steps to get more manufacturers approved rather than just the one university that's been growing this weed for the past, since what, the 70s? University of Mississippi? Growing weed for all this research that never gets done? Yep, long time. And last week, of course, we talked about the NIDA um, report that was just submitted talking about the restrictions on researchers, you know, how difficult it is to even research something that's Schedule 1. So, eh, we'll see if anything comes of this, but... I'm not going to hold my breath. Just a good chuckle. Good chuckle that they're researching on more something more like hemp than weed. <laughs> researching on dud weed, basically. That's, yeah. uh, that's the way to go, I guess, if you want the studies to be, like, inconclusive. <laughs> you know, there's just so many studies from other countries. I think at this point we should just trust them. So, oh. you know... Israel has studied the absolute shit out of weed. Yeah, and they allow it in their hospital system. Everywhere, you know, it's just you. It's like, no, you don't need to take Tylenol. Just take a little weed, eat an edible, smoke a little weed. You'll be, you know, get rid of that headache. It helps. It helps. That's all they got to say. <laughs> just back off and say it helps. It does help. And then ignore it because it's not going to hurt. What hurts is the criminalization of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, having it schedule the- one. The record, the handcuffing, the bonking you upside the head, all that kind of shit. It makes the country look stupid not being able to have research on it and talk about it in an educated fashion. It hurts everyone, even if you don't consume cannabis or use it. You know, still hurts. Uh, Then there was a study of weed vaporizer cartridges, and it indicated that, and this is a quote, chromium, copper, nickel, as well as smaller amounts of lead, Manganese and tin migrate into the cannabis oil and inhaled vapor phase, resulting in a possible acute intake of an amount of inhaled metals above the regulatory standard of multiple governmental bodies, and that non-cartridge heating methods of cannabis flower and concentrate were compared, and the results indicate that the heating device itself is a source of metal contamination. So like the coil, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's uh, it makes nothing but sense. A good old-fashioned joint is just <laughs> the way to go, you know? Flower, yeah. Well, you know, I'm a whole plant medicine kind of gal. Just roll. I mean, what's wrong with just rolling up this joint? I'm going to give you this joint, nigga. The vapes are so convenient, though, I will say, for on the go. It's not messy. You know, you don't have to roll it. You can just pull that vape out, take a toot of it. <laughs> And then you're, you know, good, you're good, you're good. Uh, and then also, like, with the flower vaporizers, man, it smells like popcorn. It's great for people who are in uh, non-legal settings, you know, because it just smells like you burnt a little popcorn. Yeah, if you're, uh, like, you can, in a dorm or an apartment or something. Yeah, you can take a tote, toke out in public, and uh, no one will know. I like that. And I love the convenience of vapes and oil, you know. Well, it's I mean, you know, when we were but, high school kids, we'd smoke out of aluminum pop cans, which was just absolutely whew. disastrous for you, but... Uh, That's way scarier than these vape coils, in my opinion. Yes, I would agree with you. I would go vape coil well before yeah. going with any pop can again. And also, I would say, like, 
doing dabs off of glass pieces too where it's all glass like you're using the glass banger and you're dropping the dab onto that you just heat up that glass banger and drop the dab on um sometimes it's the oil that just tastes like whatever solvent they used you know sure well that bho if they haven't whipped all the butane out of it or yeah the butane especially it'll give me the wheezies just like the tight chest wheezy fuck i'm gonna die <laughs> on a dirt <laughs> yeah, it gets the lungs uh pretty clenched up right away it's like yeah. an immediate uh, whoo so you know take it with a grain of salt all these studies just take them with a grain of salt so or take them with a little derb yeah do a little derb with it this was a fun one the u.s cannabis council this past week hosted several black marijuana entrepreneurs at an event titled Unsafe Banking and Cannabis, the Real-Life Impact on Public Safety and Social Equity. And this was all put together in response to Chucky Schumer uh-huh. and Doll Eyes, Cory Booker, saying, we're going to resist advancing the Safe Banking Act um, until we get full, broad, justice-focused legalization, oh, yeah, cause which we, we has want, been pending forever. We want more Republicans and more justice. Yeah. And then we'll do and it, we swear. You know what? It's, I, it's like, I'm so shocked. I'm shocked because I've never said this on Bowl After Bowl before. But Uh-oh. these can of business folks, these entrepreneurs all said, hey, uh, when we lack access to banks, this allows the bigger players, the bigger can of businesses that operate in multiple states to just steamroll over us. Yep. Because we can't get business loans. We can't get... The money, you know, we have to pay our bills in cash, and sometimes we can't, so we have to go get money orders, which you can only get up to a thousand dollars in a money order. So then you have to go to three or four different locations because guess what? There's a limit on money orders. It's so crazy. Three or four. This guy's talking about having to pay a fifteen thousand dollar bill. He has to get fifteen different one thousand dollar money orders. From three or four different post offices. It's absolutely insane. It's fucking dangerous. These people are walking around with wads of cash in their pocket and they're doing legal business, state legal business. Yep. So there's a huge barrier of entry here with the little people not being able to access basic financial services. Yes. And it disproportionately affects the people that. Cory Booker and Chucky Schumer claim to be helping by stalling this bill. That's right. Fucking disgusting. I I should have taken a clip, um, but I was kind of just listening to it in the background. So I wrote down this quote. This guy said, I see what you're doing. You're going to lock us up, turn around, make a buck off of this, and then lock me out. And I just thought, yes. Yep. You just nailed it. You fucking nailed it. That's exactly what's going on. He's right. Yep. So, you know. I think I got one for that. That guy's fucking right. That guy is fucking right. And in my opinion, legalization of some kind is inevitable at this point. But what makes the most sense is for all these governmental players to get on board and, you know, get ahead of this by resolving all the banking complications. You know? Smooth things out there first. It's it's a small ask, but uh, then again, it's asking the federal government to do the right thing. So it's actually an impossible ask at the same time. Well, I think the IRS would like to get paid. Yeah, but you know what I mean? There's like, it's trade off. It's like, 
the IRS can get a little chunk, which is nothing to them. But the exchange is that you can't fuck the little guy over and keep them out of this system, you know? And they'd rather have the exclusivity than the little tax money that they get off of it. Oh, it makes you sick. It's fucked. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. totally fucked, dude. Yep, yep. Now imagine if we're talking about uh, rosemary and sage, you know? Like... <laughs> Talking about corn and tomatoes. It's silly. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, Idaho and Michigan both had their hemp plans approved uh, by federal agencies this week. So they'll be in business to get hemp growing and rolling. Um, Let's see. And you know, that's under the 2018 Farm Bill that they're doing the hemp growing, right, of course. Yep, yep. Uh, so here we are, five years later. Um, Hemp. Three. Wow, the math was terribly wrong on that. Yes, three. You're right. <laughs> Thanks. We're behind the curtain. Three is close to five, but... No. No, it's not. Um, online hemp license applications in Idaho open on November 8th. So, you know, you're growing some potatoes, grow some hemp, some hemp too. Yeah. Just do it. Side by side. Yeah. It's a good... It's a perfect rotational crop, by the way. Hemp for victory. You can use hemp for everything. Oh, this was a surprise, surprise this week. Two more companies in Illinois are suing the state over the social equity licensing process. They just keep stacking up. Instead of stacking sats, they're stacking lawsuits. Fuck that. This lawsuit claims that the lottery system for awarding the permits is unconstitutional, biased, and does not meet the state's goal to promote social equity in the industry. So... They're alleging that Illinois didn't offer priority access for social equity applicants during the retail licensing and that the process that was implemented subverted the purpose of the program designed to award the permits. So essentially the plaintiffs are arguing that their due process and equal protection rights have been violated. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. So, you know, there certainly aren't going to be any more licenses being handed out in Illinois for a while because they have got a stack of lawsuits to work through. They just can't get their shit together. And they all have different arguments, too. Right. So they can't just lump them all together like they're doing in other states. It's like Hydra style, man. Once one lawsuit gets dismissed, three more are filed. That's right. It's crazy. And it's going to keep happening. No doubt. There's no one inside over there. This is going to keep going. That's a bad motherfucker. Oops. This is what I meant to do. This is going to keep going. This is going to keep going. (laughs) 13 folks in Maine are charged in a conspiracy to use medical grow houses to illegally sell $13 million worth of weed. Uh And you'll be uh, shocked, shocked to find out that some of them are law enforcement and public officials. Oh, boy. Yeah, one of the guys is a town manager and remains in that position for now. And you know what he said? What did he say? He said, yeah, I like money, though. (laughs) Yeah, I like money, too, but not enough to get in this compromised fucking position he finds himself in. He alerted uh, two deputies who have now resigned um, that, you know, someone might be on to their operation. And he had a cop in a different town use a database 
to look up these license plates of cars that he thought were following them. This is how paranoid they got, you know? But turns out the license plates didn't ring up. So, yeah, they were cars of some sort for some state agency. And so then this cop started calling around the agencies asking whose car it was. That's kind of a dead giveaway. Whoops. I think. Whoops, indeed. You know? And that's only four of the players in this case. So, boy, oh, boy. We'll see where this goes. Federally illegal black market shenanigans going on in a state with medical. Yeah, they were trying to play emerald market games. And you can't. You can't. You're the cops, man. You ought to know that. You can't. Oh, they thought they had leverage to get away with it, though. Of course, yeah. They're like, well, we run this town. Listen, we run this town. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise, surprise. There's other state agencies out there. Um, In Oregon, regulators posted a draft letter. Um, Whenever they get the final letter, it's going to ask legislative leaders to create a subcommittee on cannabis and health care and to stop working to transfer authority for the designated grower program from, I believe it was the health organization to the liquor and cannabis control group. Um, So this subcommittee that they're proposing, of course, they say the standard things of why we need a bunch of money and a new group of people, educate, research, address issues of equity. That didn't convince me. Didn't convince me that they need this subcommittee they're proposing. We'll see where this goes. It's just a draft letter. Keep our eyes on it. Yes. Talk about it more in the bowl as things uh, progress. In Pennsylvania, there was a lawmaker who filed a bill this week to create a new category of small medical cultivators called farmer growers. Ooh. Yes. And this is, uh, she says, because of the supply chain issues Uh. uh, that are resulting from limits on how many cultivators can operate in a given geographic zone. So farmer growers... Would just be anyone, pretty much any small farmer who wants to grow a little weed and help out the patients. And they would face lower taxes. So, you know, they're hoping to expand patient access if this bill goes through. Dare I say, could it be? Is it, uh... It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. It is! It is a step in the right direction. If the bill passes, right. we know how bills go. I, I hate talking about proposed bills because 90% of them you're not going to hear about again. I know. It's like all sunshine and rainbows in committee and then it dies in committee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. You're like, wow, we got so many thumbs up, so many co-sponsors. And then all of a sudden it's just like, where did it go? And then 12 what people go, no, that's bad. Or other bills, they go blah, 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 and then they just never get to it because people spent three hours going blah, blah, blah over one bill that was, who knows what it did. South Dakota. Boy, oh boy. Their legislature's rules review committee passed all but one of the 149 proposals for the state's medical program, uh, which is going in effect in a few weeks this month. When cards are issued, of course, voters approved both medical and recreational ballot measures in November 2020. Um, And on September 13th, this committee approved 143 of these proposed rules and then turned down six of them. And surprise, surprise, 
The group that created the rules was allowed to rebut them, so they came back with six in different wording, and five of them were approved. Hmm. So one, not allowed. Changing the voters' wishes here. And one of the topics that was addressed was the three-plant minimum home grow. It now seems that three plants is the maximum you can have for a home grow in South Dakota if you're a medical patient. And if you want to grow more than three plants, even though voters passed a three-plant minimum, uh, you got to get a doctor's recommendation. And not just that, but the doctor has, a, has to do like a shit ton of work to give you this recommendation. And the recommendation expires after 200 days. But it has to include any research that the doctor did as to why you need more than three plants, why... The patient can't access a dispensary to get their medication, you know? And, uh, yeah, just all their calculations. And then that has to be approved or denied. Just to grow more than three plants. (laughs) They're just all fucking drunk on this power that they can hold over people. Drunk on power you can hold over some sick and chronically ill person. Like, get fucking wrecked. Yeah. Makes you sick. Yes. Um... And then the South Dakota Legislature's Marijuana Interim Study Committee also approved a draft bill this week to legalize recreational weed in a bill format, you know, not the one that the voters voted on and right. approved. Um, well, they can always do it better, you know. And this is just a recommendation, and it has to go to an executive board before it's formally recommended. Um, but one of the things that thank goodness they scrapped, was a provision that would have required people under 21 to be a medical patient and people over 21 to use recreational. Like, oh, you're a 21-plus-year-old adult. You can't be a medical patient. You're just recreational (laughs) use. That's just stupid. It's very stupid. But that got scrapped, luckily. However, home grow, not an option for recreational users. And uh, they rejected an amendment that would have added personal cultivation rights. Um, so they also stipulate now that, you know, licensed growers can only grow indoors. Just stupid stuff. So activists are moving ahead with their plans to put the issue back on the ballot in 2022. They've been gathering signatures for a few months. I remember um, reporting on when they first came out with their language and got it approved Uh, And those signatures are due next month. So they're moving ahead because the voter-approved recreational initiative was shot down by Governor Kristi Noem in a court. And they sent it up to the Supreme Court, the South Dakota Supreme Court, which then said, okay, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, hear it, we'll hear it. And then nothing. They haven't ruled on the constitutionality of it. It's just pending. It's just floating around in outer space. Yep. Just wait on it. Yes. Hurry up and wait. So that's not an option for all these medical patients who are correct. You know, dying. Yeah, that's without correct. their medicine. Or, you know, being forced to be criminals. Yes. Most of them get their medicine, but they risk uh losing the all not just their medicine, but their jobs or their life or their kids or all kinds of everything evil shit. You can lose everything if you're dealing in the black market. And hey, in a way, Everyone is, because it's still federally illegal. That's correct. So, here we are. That's correct. Now, in Tennessee, the House and Senate 
prompted by a district attorney's refusal to prosecute cases concerning simple possession of weed, approved legislation to allow the state attorney general to ask for another prosecutor to step in if the one with jurisdiction won't enforce a certain law. Yeah. And that's a freaking bummer, because it's cool to see people in places of power saying, you know what? That's dumb. I'm not going to enforce it. We yeah. don't have time to waste on simple possession cases. You have an eighth of weed in your pocket. I don't care. You're not hurting anyone. You know, you're going to go smoke a few bowls. I'm fine. It's a reasonable take. Yeah. And now here they go. Oh, we'll just work around them. We'll get rid of them. We'll replace them. Pass the bill to do it. Oh, my God. That's a step in the wrong direction. No doubt. Yeah. It's, it's not letting the separate branches of government remain separate. That's the whole reason they're separate. So when one gets power mad, the other two can go, no, no, you're crazy. Sit the fuck down. Here we are, though. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Uh, the medical cannabis industry in Texas is facing some hurdles. Despite 33% patient growth in September, did you know Texas had a medical program? I was aware, <laughs> yeah. I, was aware. I wouldn't call it that. It's pretty small. Yeah, a compassionate use program. That's the real term. Uh, and it's one of the most restrictive in the nation. Is it? Only it's only just barely better than a CBD hemp program, essentially, isn't it? It is a CBD hemp program. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it. they increased their max level of THC from zero point five percent to one percent right. by final weight. That's what I. Uh, and that went into effect September first. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, I mean, that's essentially hemp still. Yes. Yes. There's almost three thousand patients signed up. Um, they added new eligibilities to sign up for the Compassionate Use Program, and the new ones were cancer and PTSD, which seem like basic ones to me, but I guess they didn't get passed with the original use program, um, which originally was just intractable epilepsy, which, of course, is how Missouri started, too. Uh, was that 2012 when the CBD program rolled out here with intractable epilepsy? Some, no, it had sometime to be, like that. Yeah, maybe a little bit later than that. Um, and we heard about Charlotte's Web and yeah. But uh, they did expand the Compassionate Use Program in Texas to any seizure disorder, MS, spasticity, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, autism, and any incurable neurodegenerative disease. So, I mean. It should just be if it's good enough for a doctor, it's good enough for anybody else. This whole qualifying conditions thing, adding conditions to a qualified conditions list is like the tiniest step in the right direction you can possibly take. Yeah. But at least it does, I mean, it does add a few a few people. They said they saw a big boom when PTSD was added. That makes sense, you know? yeah. Um, there's I mean, A lot of the places that do have these qualifying conditions barriers... They'll have one that's just the known catch-all. Like a really good one for a lot of states is muscle spasms. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to write yours for muscle spasms because you have muscle spasms. Yeah, anxiety would be a good one too. Yep. It's a human emotion. I think everyone feels anxiety at some point in their life. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're if you a functioning person. Are you yeah. alive? <laughs> then you've probably felt the anxiety. 
Um, but can you believe this? There's only three licensed providers in all of Texas. That sounds um, about right. One of them has a mobile unit that they've named the Cannabus. <laughs> I thought that was cute, so I put it in my notes. Uh, and then the, one of the groups, one of the licensed providers is actually out of Miami. That's so. uh, not in Texas. No, I know. But they're operating in Texas, you know, legally I under see. Texas law with the Compassionate Use Program. <laughs> Seems like a tough state to cover with just three people. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. So, of course, the federal hemp threshold for over-the-counter CBD products is 0.3% THC by final weight. So, Texas is like, well, we're above that. You know, we got the full 1% THC here. Um, but one one of the operators was talking about how they just pretty much immediately suggest patients buy edibles. Um, because the weight of the other ingredients in the products are heavy enough that if you take them three times a day, you're going to get a decent amount of THC. I gotcha. Which is what a lot of patients need to be, you know, helped. The entourage effect. Yeah, the more cannabinoids working in tandem with one another. Yeah. Typically, the better the results on average. Also in Texas, uh, Denton City Council is considering a decriminalization proposal. Hot damn. That's a good step. That's a good step in the right direction. Decriminalize, yeah. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah. Yeah, my college town decriminalized, what, the year before I got there? Uh, It was, I think, 06. Oh, so it was a few years. before I got there, too. That's nice, though. You go to college, it's decrim. You're good. Uh, yeah. British Columbia. Our neighbors up in Canada, they applied for federal permission to decriminalize all the drugs. Nice. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And my final story for the behind the curtain news is that Italian activists turned in 630,000 signatures to qualify a referendum to legalize personal cultivation of weed and psilocybin mushrooms. Very nice. So this measure and the petitions are going to undergo a review by two courts before being put before voters next year. Well, we wish that the best of luck, because that's just cool. Very cool. Just grow your own boomers and weed, boomers and weed. Grow your own medicine. That's right. And vegetables and fruits. That was a good rundown you had there. Yes, yep. Went all over the world with that. It was a thick week. It's like you said, it was a thick week. It was a thick week. I, you know, How guys, a weekend. When I opened this thing up, you thought I was lying, man? Shit. We're just getting to the metal moment. Yes. I'm not very metal, but I love metal. So metal. I tried to be metal earlier <laughs> with, the, with the cocaine. I'll stay on Jane. I only did like two takes of it. I wasn't really trying to like perfect it. I just. It I needs, love it. It only has to be funny, right? So I wasn't trying to like yeah. go all out, man. Uh, but these guys, they do go all out. And I think that you will like the uh, weird instrument that was chosen. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, we it, called for a tiebreaker this week. I know it got really crazy there. It got really crazy, but uh, this is what we wound up with. Uh, I'm gonna have to reroute the audio, of course. Of course, I am. Ding dong, audio gremlins. In the bowl and in the morning, y'all. This here is the Reverend Cyber Trucker with this week's metal moment. The automaton is an electronic musical synthesizer developed in Japan by the Cube Toy Company. It looks like a eighth note and somewhat resembles a tadpole. While the automaton may sound and look a little goofy, 
Rob Scallon wrote a metal tune for the Automaton and assures you this is a very serious song. This is Rob Scallon with Automaton Metal. Just singing. Vagina. Very nice. Yeah, it's automaton metal. Yeah, that was the unmistakable sound. The little automaton. Yeah. Yeah. That's somewhere Not there. quite metal yet, but. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty much it. You nailed it. Way to go. Yes, thank you. Reverend Cyber Trucker for another fantastic metal moment. So I think you'll be able to choose which uh, rare and interesting instrument will be featured in the next metal moment. Just check out the Rev's poll that he will have up imminently on the No Agenda Socials. Follow at Rev Cyber Trucker at NoAgendaSocial.com and you'll be able to see it. That's right. I'll have a link to the poll in the show notes. He's uh, tooting it out as we speak. Woo. Just gotta, he's gotta get his cheek lifted and flex just right. The toot is stuck there, but it'll come. It'll come. Just wait. Uh, you know what else will come? Is our callers in in graveyards apparently. Oh yes. This is our uh, F tie topic is uh, smashing in graveyards, and uh, well, we got we got a few people weighing in. Let's check it out. Yeah, I, I didn't. Um, yeah, I didn't smash in a graveyard. In fact. I mean, I've very rare. I have not smashed even well, outside except maybe twice. Both the times they've involved cars, I think. What? Um, once on the inside of a car and once on the outside of a car uh, nice. in, a, in, a, in a state park or something. So, Variety is um, the spice of life. And, yeah, that was a very long time ago. So uh, not much to say there. Uh, but I'm, I'm also just trying to think through the logistics of what you would um, – if you were going to smash in a graveyard, like, where would you do it? Uh, I don't know the one graveyard that's not too far from where I live. Uh, yeah, there's you know there's there's of course some headstones and stuff. Uh, there might be some. There's a couple of uh, things you could maybe lean against. I don't know. Uh, and of course, this time of year it's also pretty freaking cold out. You know, the, the, you know, there, there's that part too, right? And there's also you know you'd also want to you probably want to do it at night with some privacy. I don't know. It's just I'm just trying to wrap my head around like what. Uh, what that is right um yeah i don't know i mean but it's uh, um 
Hey, if somebody's actually done it, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what, 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 what y'all saying for our stories. I mean, I almost thought about doing a, uh, coming up with a fake story saying, yeah, I smashed in a, um, you know, I smashed in a uh, graveyard. It was a pumpkin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, could do that. I mean, I don't know, but that was, but I figured, you know, okay, so I've ruined it for somebody else. If somebody else comes up with that joke, then clearly I, uh, yeah, clearly I spoiled it. But, uh, anyway, that was, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah, my, my, uh, sexual adventures have not included, uh, anything like a uh anything in a graveyard um but uh anyway that's a that's a uh that's a that's a whole other story <laughs> you can always smash a pumpkin in a graveyard and the the jack-o'-lantern would be like that is somebody's penis yeah yeah you could it's never too late thanks phone boy answering the question this next this next caller uh, maybe maybe we'll get closer. Um, I I never I never knock boots in a freaking uh, cemetery. Yeah. Never ever. I never uh went you know on uh, close to Halloween go through a scary walk through a cemetery. I know yeah. one a cemetery here one time we went to and it was really old and in the very back there was like a uh. A hidden trail that led down to an old uh, clan meeting spot that even had the uh, the letter spelled out in like stone and concrete and an uh, altar and <clears throat> a bunch of uh, logs that were carved into like benches. So pretty crazy. Yeah, but other than that, I don't I don't think I've ever uh, I don't know if I know anybody who has either. I know there was a movie like in the '80s called Porky's and. Porkies. There was Porkies one, two, and three, and I think, I think it was the first one that they were trying to like. It was a Halloween prank that they were doing that uh, some like questionable lady was hiding in uh, hiding in a cemetery dressed like a uh, a zombie to scare people. But then she got really horny in in the cemetery or something. I can't uh, yeah, as it happens. I can't I recall the whole movie, but. I'm sure the older fellows, or even I don't know uh, anybody who's ever seen that movie, will recall. In the bowl, in the bowl, in the bowl. I think I've just seen like a beach scene that was from Porky's or something, like a super B C D movie. I don't know, like a campy as I all <laughs> fucking get out. But but there's titties, so you know. Oh yeah, titties. Put it on the watch list. Titties can overcome any amount of campiness, right? Yeah. If they're good titties, It's a good feature of campy movies often. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is campy, but thanks for watching. Here's some titties. Yes. (laughs) Do it for the titties. This next caller would do it for the titties, I'm sure of it. Good evening, bowlers. Good evening. Uh, I never smashed in a cemetery myself. However, the Nashville mayor a few years ago, Megan Perry, was caught smashing her bodyguard. Nice. Early in the mornings at a historical cemetery here in Nashville. So, yeah, I guess she was smashing it herself. Anyway, in the morning to them, and tonight bowlers to y'all. Night, night. Thanks for the ring. Yes. Thanks for the ring-a-ding. Getting caught smashing in the graveyard. Megan mm. Barry, you've been seen. Um, no one sees this next caller because he gets away with everything. <clears throat> God damn, bowlers. <laughs> uh-huh. oh, I love this. I wasn't really planning on even much listening tonight, 
you started out with that badass uh, Tom Petty. Oh, yeah. I had to give a ring or call it up and say, hell yeah, that's like a king among bowlers. <laughs> uh, adios, uh, in your smoke. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, in your smoker. <laughs> love y'all. Yeah, love you. Love you, Dr. Sir. Dr. Smokey Bowls. Yeah, what's better than Tom Petty in the bowl getting it rolling? Yes, for those of you that enjoy the live experience, you know, you may be listening to this days, weeks, or months down the road in some podcatcher, but uh, we do it live every Tuesday, and we take over the No Agenda stream as we do it uh, from Andrew Horwitz and John C. Dvorak as they finish up DH Unplugged, and uh, yeah, we always warm up the stream with a bit of tunes. Yeah, some tunes. Some uh, weed songs, and I think that uh, Tom Petty was among those tonight. What else did we do? We did... uh, There's some Tool. We did a Tool song. We did... uh, Neil Young, another legend. And Rick James. And then we finish it off with Rick James. Well, Mary Jane. So yeah, you know. Just yeah. part of the uh part of the live experience you may be missing out on if you're listening to this later. So tune in early, tune in often. There you are. Uh in, in the bowl. Oh, looks like we have a PS from Dr. Roch. Yeah, that that really hit me weird. <clears throat> so I was like, why why did I why did that Tom Petty all of a sudden Oh I just bought like a nice thirty dollar, you know, not huge nice, but hell, a thirty dollar fucking harmonica, and oh. I'm gonna practice some of that shit. Hell yeah! Because I've got you know resources to that. I don't have financial resources. Hell, I'm strapped. The market has got me double invested. Fingers crossed. Anyway, um, <clears throat> yeah, that uh, so I'm 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 invested in that uh. Harmonica, I'm multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, fuck it. I enjoy music. Adios. <laughs> love y'all. Adios. Adios, yes. we love you. Thanks for calling. And uh, uh, some market karma for you, too. All cash, baby. That's right. Straight from the JCD, that's got to be good karma, right? I think so. We have uh, one more vo- uh, bowler before we can get bowling ourselves. I just need to confirm real quick that I have the <clears throat> the correct F tie for this week. And I think I remember what it is. I'm currently looking at it right now. Ah, yes. The first time I ever smashed in the graveyard. Well, if there's anybody out there that wants to help me out, I'll be at 3816 10 Ave North, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55412. Be sure to bring a blanket. It's bound to get a little chilly in the bowl. <laughs> in, in the, the bowl. bowl. Strong move. This whole um, thing is very, very spooky. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. Well, you heard uh, you heard the call, ladies. Or gentlemen. It's That's just right. weird they talk the chicks into it. Hop in the car. <laughs> He's got a blanket. It's not going to get cold or anything. I think he said to bring a blanket. Oh, he did say. <laughs> yeah. BYOB. You bring may want to blanket. just bring blankets or water. Just bring your cash. Yes. <laughs> Tip the boobs. Tip the boobs. He's out there shivering in the cemetery. Bring that boy a, a blanket and a blowjob, man. Come on. What are you doing? Get on down there. Yeah, get smashing. 3816 10 uh, Avenue North, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55412. If you missed that, just helping you out. 
Don't Uber, smash any graves, Uber though. Uber says, I don't have a blanket. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, there you go. No smashing Bring graves, just a, each other. A blanket and maybe some, like, hot chocolate, maybe... Uh, Peppermint schnapps. Some of them hand warmers that you open up and shake, 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 shake. Oh, you know? yeah. You can get those at the gas stations, at the truck stops. Well, you know, while uh, while Blueberry's waiting for uh, his adventure to begin. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Let's go I had a PBA telecast playing in the background while I was doing some work this weekend. And I got a gem of a clip. Oh, boy. I got to play it. I oh. got to share it. This is too funny, in my opinion, not to share with y'all. This pin action. Oh. Let me play that again. <laughs> Let's hear it again. Yeah. And look at this pin action. Oh. That <laughs> announcer was coming all over that pin action. Oh I'm going to play it one more time. And look at this pin action. Oh. Yeah, look at that pin action. <laughs> I'm sure they were just jizzing all over themselves for that. He was, he was, and you know, I was watching, I was listening and watching. And I was like, oh, I okay. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, you know, wasn't like a, it wasn't a strike. So no, it was the pin action. It was the pin action. Yeah, you know, I'm you... sorry, I don't mean to kink shame here you... on that pin action, but. You know, oh. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And then there was a good pause, and then they played the little like zoom <laughs> sweeper to get it into yeah. the other announcer. He was right. like, "All right, so yeah, this guy's doing pretty good." <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob's back over there. <laughs> yeah, feeling that pin action. He's looking at that pin action, bro. Convulsing. Involuntary, uh, what was it? Involuntary, Involuntary jerking. jerking. Yeah, the joke that went over my head on episode, what, 108, 109? It was that uh, pre-roll. Yeah, it was. It was whenever we had that Delta 10 sativa. Yeah. That knocked me off my ass. Yeah, you were derailed. I was totally derailed, and it felt so good. <laughs> but I didn't... 10 out, 10 out of 10 would derail I again. I was talking about people with a, serio, a serious problem... And I was like, and they, you know, have involuntary jerking. And you're like, oh, yeah, and the anorexics, the, the, they didn't get qualified for medical weed. But they could go in there jerking involuntarily. And I was like, It seems like, like eh. something you could pull off. <laughs> I can't stop. I'd say only about 20% of my jerks are voluntary. Oh, I can't stop. Can't stop the jerking. <laughs> um, it might happen if you just so happen to buy some room spray scents. From Better Homes and Gardens in the past few months. Uh, sold at a Walmart near you, probably. But this one cites specifically Missouri and Illinois. Uh, there was a recall with these room sprays linked to a deadly infection from tropical climates. Meliodosis, Ooh. also known as Whitmore's disease. What happens to you? I'm not sure, but it doesn't sound good. Lots of uh, fevers and... Vomiting and diarrhea and such. There are four cases being investigated cur currently. Uh, two people out of those four have died. One was a kid. And the first bottle of this Better Homes and Gardens essential oil-infused aromatherapy room spray with gemstones. That's the kicker on top. Uh, yeah, the first case was found in Georgia. So why this headline is calling out Missouri, I don't know. Maybe the algo can work with headlines, and it knows where I'm at reading this. That's possible. 
Because uh, you know what I see as far as Algo fucking the search up really hard lately? What do you see? I see eBay links. It's like a promoted eBay link, and you search just about fucking anything, and then it'll be like, yes, we really have your search query. <laughs> you can buy it on eBay. And I can't remember what I was searching. It was something like so completely absurd that it couldn't be on eBay. God, oh. I wish I could remember. But I was just like, oh my God, this is, this is officially jumped the shark. But does eBay take crypto? Mm, I don't know. I okay. cannot answer that question. Yeah. For well, you. That's okay. Um, the four confirmed cases of people getting sick from a room spray they bought at Walmart happened in Kansas, Minnesota, nuts, Texas, and Georgia. Um, and apparently the product is still available when this article was published in 55 different Walmarts across the country as well as online. But I gotta say, you buy your gemstones from Walmart. That's a bold move, my friend. Don't you think? I've never bought my gemstones from Walmart. It's interesting. It is interesting. A room spray infused with gemstones, you know? Like they're just they're just huh. sitting there at the bottom of the bear of the bottle. Not the barrel, but the bottle of room spray you get. I don't know. I don't know. Um but yeah, this meliodosis is found in uh mostly Southeast Asia and Australia. And it generally spreads to humans and animals alike through contaminated water or soil. So uh Good news, though, if you did buy one and you're not sick yet, you can put it in two Ziploc bags, then place it in a cardboard box, bring it back to Walmart, and you'll get a full refund plus a $20 gift card. Sorry we almost killed you. Here's your seven or so dollars back and 20 bucks. Woo. Let's call it even. Let's call it even. Yeah, it's cutting their losses is what they're doing right there. <laughs> Seriously. Now, this story almost made my top 333 this week, but I pushed it to the lanes because I just, you know, I, I felt that I was going overboard having it in the top 333 spot. A drone photographer spent 33 days camping with polar bears in Canada. Oh, wow, exactly. Yeah, he won Wildlife Photographer of the Year. That sounds pretty fun. And he caught these big old floofs in Churchill, <laughs> Manitoba. Uh, where I guess he camped there with his dad in 2015. And he had brought his drone along and just so happened to capture some uh, video of a beluga whale playing with a polar bear. And he thought, man, you know, I've always wanted to be like one of those Nat Geo dudes. I've always wanted to photograph nature and see these cool things and make people smile. So I'm just going to try and meet the polar bears up there again. And he did. He did. He spent 33 days camping out there with them and his drone. And, uh, you know, he got some good footage. Like, he found a polar bear hunting with a grizzly bear. Who knew? Wow. Who knew that polar bears and grizzly bears got along? Um, and then there was also a mama bear who would feed her young just a few yards away from where they were camping and at one point she walked towards their camp with her cubs dropped the cubs off with the photographer and his crew and went to go hunting for the day Whoa. like what we're curious as humans and the animals are curious about us and knew that they could trust him 
enough to leave their cubs with him. That's pretty freaking cool, if you ask me. Pretty oh, cool pretty indeed. Neat. Pretty cool. Um, okay, and then this next story, of course, you know, it was Halloween weekend, so there was bound to be one of these. A raging inferno in Riverside, flames ripping through this home, but this fire is all fun. To say Carmen and Travis Long love Halloween is an understatement. They began creating their Pirates of Caribbean creation three years ago. We've been adding things every year. It started with just skeletons, then we added a cannon in the back and the ship, the pretend fire on the side. The fake flames, though, stealing the show. The make-believe blaze so real, passerbys have called the fire department numerous times. We had a hook and ladder here, another big truck here on the side. Initially, they thought it was a real fire. They got out of the trucks, then they walked around, gave my husband a high five and said, great job, it looks so good. And it did look so good. I saw videos. That news story, that clip I just played was actually from a year ago, but an article popped up this year with the same story. Oh, people are calling the fire department on this house because it looks like their house is on fire with all the special effects and fog machines they've got going. So in the windows of the house, they put up white sheets and then they put orange lights behind them um, and a fan. So the sheets are like shaking, which kind of adds a bunch of different shades of orange onto them uh-huh. and uh, looks like it's moving like flames and then in front of the sheets they have fog machines so there's just a shit ton of smoke rolling down the block from this one house's fog machines that are all going from all of their windows and then their yard is in this pirates of the caribbean theme so there's like a ship and a Jolly Roger, you know, skeletons and stuff, and cannonballs, like the sound effects of cannonballs and a cannon. And so it looks like the house is just on fire, gotten hit by a cannonball or something. Pretty dope. That's crazy. I do appreciate people who go all out for Halloween. Yeah, I'm sure that's not uncommon for people to have be calling 911 on horrific situations on oh. Halloween that aren't real. Yeah, I saw some really nasty ones. This one at least is still fun. You know it rides the line. I'm not I'm not a gore person. I'm just going to put it out there like when I see the gory yard decorations like we saw one where it looked like a guy was trapped under a lawnmower, you know, and like his arm was reaching out and there was like bloody mess and stuff. Eh, it just doesn't do it for me. I like the cute stuff, you know, skeletons and you know, reanimated skeletons, whatever. That's cool. That's cool. But ugh, you start getting into the guts and gore and oof, you lose me because I will lose my lunch. Also, this Halloween, cops in Florida warned a woman not to wear the Halloween costume she was planning on wearing. Why? Because it would be considered a protest. Uh-oh. This woman has been an outspoken opponent to... A bunch of condos uh, that are being built on taxpayer-owned beachfront land, uh, which is currently home to a park and a community center. Thirty, as, as it probably should be. Yes, as it should be. Thirty-story tall condos. Uh. They want to build. So, what do you think her costume is? Her costume a was crane? a condo building. Oh, a condo building. <laughs> I was going to say maybe like a wrecking ball. (laughs) This cop that confronted her said, if you're going to wear that, you're going to need a permit because this is considered a protest. That's 
That's yeah. unforgivable. She was planning to go to the Hollywood's Holly Weird Halloween block party. And they said, if you show up there in that thing, the whole party is going to be considered a planned protest march. And she said, fuck you. I will leave my 12-year-old son at home so he doesn't have to see me get harassed by the cops. But I'm wearing the condo. Good for her. I built it. I'm wearing it. Yeah, we have this whole thing called the First Amendment. Exactly. Even if it was a fucking protest, you could do it, <laughs> asshole. She lawyered up, and her lawyer said exactly that. I don't know why they want to pick this stupid losing battle. And she went to the block party, and she dressed as a condo, and she told all of her friends that they should also dress like condos, and plenty of people did. And guess what? The cops patrolled the area, but no one said a peep. Of course, because... It doesn't matter if it's legal or they can enforce it. Like, 80 to 90% of people are just going to roll just because a cop told them to. That's that's the big gig. You know, it's all a money thing. Somebody told them to put pressure on it. And so they'll just tell you you can't, even though, you, of course you can. You can. You can. You can. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, they're voting on this condo situation later in the year. And I'm wishing them all the best. Yeah, shoot it down, baby. Yeah, and good work getting that uh that PR. Good costume. Yeah, that's just... Based! Also in Florida, beaches in Broward County are seeing a record year for sea turtle nests. All right. Yeah, all the workers at the Kansas City Zoo would be proud. 79 nests laid by endangered leatherback turtles, which doubles almost doubles, the previous record of 46 nests laid mm. in 2012. Cool. And, of course, they note the record low happened in 2017 with just 12 nests. Mm. But 79 this year. They're getting busy. Yeah. Which is uh, a good thing because... Uh, we need babies. We do. We do, especially the little baby sea turtles. Leatherbacks are named for their tough, rubbery skin, and I guess they're among the largest of sea turtles. So their nesting season runs March 1st to October 31st. So all their little babies should be out in the water now. Good to go. Um, And yeah, fun fact, you know, uh, I don't remember where I learned this, but all the coastal buildings have to shield or lower their lights so that they don't disturb the hatchlings or draw them inland because they need to run out into Uh, the ocean and not on land where they're going to get run over. Smart. Smart. It's it's good that us humans realize that so we could tell everyone, hey, turn your lights off at night. We don't want to draw the baby sea turtles in and kill them. Right. Um, but out of all the sea turtle species in Broward County, there were almost 3,000 nests found. 2,795. Wow, it's a lot. Good work, sea turtles. You're doing it. But you know what also is doing it? The Joro Spider. It's an Asian spider taking over Georgia, sending humans scurrying. It's an orb weaver. Uh, It's common in Japan, China, Korea, and Taiwan, and somehow it found its way over here. Not another invasive. Uh, Yeah. They're having a good year for sure. Um, The female spiders are yellow, blue, and red. When their legs are fully extended, they can be three inches across. Uh, The first one was identified by a researcher about 80 miles northeast of Atlanta in 2014, and they have since also been found in South Carolina. 
So uh, the assumption is that they're going to spread across the south. And no one knows why they're so abundant this year. Uh, one guy that they interviewed, one resident, said that he kills hundreds every day. Whoa. He's just constantly killing them at his just, house in just Georgia. Too many. It's too many. Now, they say they're not a threat to humans or pets. Yeah, um, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, like most living things, they won't bite unless they feel really threatened. Uh, and one researcher says that they've been collecting them with bare hands, and although they get the occasional pinch, it's never broken skin. So <laughs> I, I guess that's good. Uh, the Joros do suppress mosquitoes, Fuck mosquitoes, especially when people okay. are releasing them yeah. out with, uh, you know, <laughs> mRNA Potential in vaccines them. in them and shit. Yeah, yeah. or whatever. Uh, the Joros suppress biting flies. I don't want to get bit by flies. That mm. sounds good, too. You really changed my opinion on these And guys. Uh, they catch and eat marmorated stink bugs. All right. Yeah. And those are, I guess, stink bugs are real pests to a lot of crops. Oh, they're a pain in the ass, man. And they, they get stink. in your house once the weather gets cold like everywhere yeah bitch they do you get, get everywhere here? how'd you get in here who let the stink bug in who 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 <laughs> but oh, of course Jesus. as you said uh we don't know what the negative impacts of this non-native species will be um you know on local ecology so it's kind of a wait and see situation and uh they had one lady in the article that's like, if I see them, I kill them because they're not supposed to be here. And I laughed and was like, wow, take that out of context. And oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> you're going to die now. Now, this couple might not have been supposed to be here because they were road tripping across 11 different states and they bought lottery tickets in every state. And wouldn't you know it? They won a $2 million Powerball prize in Virginia. Oh, my God. I know. It made me think we should have been buying scratchers and lottery tickets all the way to massive douches. Yeah. I like money, though. I like money for sure, especially on a scratcher <laughs> or a lottery so, ticket. Money's so cool. I give you $1, I get a million. can't believe you like money, too. We should hang out. We should go get a latte. <laughs> Yeah, a couple from North Carolina. Uh, let's see, nice. it was their easy pick ticket matched the first five numbers drawn, and normally that prize would be a million dollars, but it doubled they because the they paid an extra dollar for a power play option. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Uh. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. My uh, my day has not come. And uh, my great-grandfather before me, you know, he was a religious scratcher and lottery ticket winner. And they waited till he took a, wait, a week off. He was very, he had just gotten on hospice and uh, then his numbers were called. So, <laughs> fuck you. Crazy. And that's how I feel about it. I, I, don't, I don't play often or regularly. Are and, you, you accusing know? me of being dumb? <sighs> that's how I feel. It just bums me out. It bums me out for my papa. You guys, it pissed me off. For his sake. All he wanted was a red pickup truck. And all he wanted to buy for me was a pony. And here we are. Never gonna <laughs> happen. We've got an orange pickup truck. It's in close. land. It's close. Yeah. Your pops asked for a pony. Yeah. I just gotta convince your pop. <laughs> well. But the online voters in New Zealand for uh, the Forest and Bird Conservation Charities Bird of the Year Award... 
It didn't take much convincing for them to vote a non-bird in. <laughs> oh, no. They put a long-tailed bat as one of the candidates, and bada-bing-bada-boom, he was the winner. <laughs> First non-bird ever entered. It's a huge victory for bats everywhere. For real. The Pika Pika Toroa. That's how it's said. Yeah, the long-tailed bat. We'll just call him that. Uh, <laughs> he was included in the list of finalists. And it was just to raise awareness and support for the species. Um, but wouldn't you know, like over 7,000 people voted for him out of 56,733 online votes. And he won. <laughs> Second place went to the Fisher uh, Kakapo. Yeah, I don't know, Kakapo. It was last year's winner. Didn't win this year. Uh, Second place to the bat. Can't sweep it up every year. I mean, no, that's just unfair. But, you know, Give some I think, bird a chance, even I think if he's not a bird. Birds everywhere should really be outraged and should take action against this bat. Um, this charity does also run a bat recovery project every summer. Uh, Skyweed's bird of the year. He, he ain't laid the wings. No, he ain't even got feathers. The fuck? Just because you got wings don't mean you flap like a bird, <laughs> lay eggs like a bird. He's not a bird at all. But yeah, they um, the group does some predator control and monitors the roost sites in hopes of protecting the bats' habitats. Um, and of course, you know, the second language of New Zealand, Maori, they have a name for this charity in Maori, um, Te Manu Rongonui <laughs> O Te Tau. You really brought and the names this time, yeah. The Manu is a very all-encompassing word that includes many flying creatures, like bats, I suppose. Okay. So if we look at the Maori translation, there might be room for the bat. But it is called Bird of the Year in English. So, you know, I'm still taking my this is bullshit outraged stance. I say, you know, strike one for the bats there. And strike another for the bats. And probably a strike for the very rare penis plant that bloomed at a Dutch university this week. That is somebody's penis. No, it's a plant. Oh, yeah. Amorphophallus decus silvae. It blooms once every two decades. Oh, man. Native to Indonesia. And it has a famously foul odor. That people compare to rotting flesh. That's just nasty. That is just nasty. It also does not look like a penis, it's if what, you ask me. That's not what mine smells like when it blooms. I'm a purveyor of peni, and this <laughs> is not one of them. It's Just take a look for yourself. Now, when I saw the name and also read that it smelled like rotting flesh, I thought of the corpse flower we right. talked about. Yep. Um, and someone had placed one at a gas station in California back in May. And turns out these plants are cousins. Uh, and the penis plant is smaller than the corpse flower. Um, but yeah, if you look up a picture of it, penis plant, not hard to find and you won't miss it. It looks like a cone head to me. I'm yeah, going cone head. That's just what I needed in my search results. Penis, <laughs> penis plants. You can buy them on eBay. Wow, why I'm just you, kidding. Why would you it's just going to pop up in your algos, like all the other things you can buy on eBay that pop up oh, in your algos. Yeah, I see what you said. Yes, we really have penis plant. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you can buy them for just a few 
fun. Well, they look kind of penis yeah, when they're young. Maybe. Maybe. A little. But do you see the bloom where it's like this cone head coming out of oh, a flower? Yeah. No, that That's can't not be it. it. That can't be it. No, you're on Etsy. Look on the left. <laughs> Some bitch made those. Look on the left. Well, she That's did a the better plant. job than the penis plant did. Right. This is it just looks a... like corn or cone head coming out of yeah, the leaf. Looks like a magician wand or something. I don't know. Yeah, magician wand. I like that. You're cute. <laughs> and okay, final... for a penis. Exactly. It's it's pointed. <laughs> it makes no sense. There's no head. It looks like a penis and when even it's if young it's like this. Uncircumcised, it still makes no sense. Too pointy. Yeah. So final rule. Alright. Alright. A family history book was found at a Minnesota thrift store and returned to the family of origin. I took a step. I dropped the ball, but then I threw it down. I got a strike, so it's all right. Nice. Good recovery. Yeah. This thrift store is owned by a couple who buys full estates. I'm guessing they just buy what everyone else doesn't when an estate sale happens and put them in boxes, all the stuff, and store them, and then go through them later to put in their store, which sounds like the fucking life to me. But anyways, who am I to say? I'm sitting in the bowl, which is also the life. Yeah, well... But they say this history book could have been sitting in boxes for years because they just buy so much and don't go through it very quickly. You know, it's not like their thrift stores being bought out all the time. So this was put together by a genealogist of some sort chronicling the history of the Nelson family from 1859 when an ancestor named Tor immigrated to the United States from Norway until 1990, when the book was assembled by a man named J. Eric Nelson, who lived in Florida. So how I ended up in Minnesota, no idea. Got around that But book. they decided to put a picture of it on their face bag business page. And a lady who likes the page just happened to be a hobbyist genealogist. Uh, she saw it. And she decided to do a very basic sleuth trick of plugging the name into Ancestry.com. And when some results popped up, she sent messages to folks. And lo and behold, she found a dude in California named Dylan Nelson, who turns out to be the great-great-great-great-grandson of one of the family members mentioned in the book. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So she emailed him, and he was like, this sounds like a scam. And then she sent him pictures and was like, I promise this isn't a scam. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll give you money to ship it to me. And then he brought it to his grandpa and dad, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's our family. And there were actually some pictures, I guess, of his grandpa as a kid in there. Oh, wow. Um, so he plans to update it with all the new additions to their family. And it's a happy ending. Nice. I like that. Me too. I like so, going out on a strike, for sure. Definitely. This is going to keep going. Oh, we got to pick a uh, F-tie. Oh, first time I ever for next week. We have on the list. Uh, first time I ever blacked out and remembered nothing about the first time I ever blacked out. Ooh. We have uh, first time I ever found a dead animal. First time I ever got a job. First time I ever got drunk. First time I ever tongued a hole. Uh, first time I ever saw a drag show. First time I ever had a sign Let's from try. the afterlife. I would say first time I ever got a job. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty... Uh, Pretty wide-ranging one, right? We'll probably get more. I think most of the bowlers have had a job. Well, I, I like your optimism. 
Fair enough. Hey, we'll find out next week. Till then, uh, I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I've been Dame DeLorean. And until next Token Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Idly by and let you burn dirty woods in. They look so good. You need babies. Lock on. Smoke on. I consider it an invasion. What does your lawyer say? He looks pretty smart. Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. Stay stoned.